Let us continue our worship in the Word of God. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be reading from verse 1 through 9. Matthew 5, 1 through 9. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see you. Why don't you, again, person next to you and say, your presence is a blessing to me. Are we awake? Great. For several weeks, we are studying the Beatitudes, known as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this is actually the very first official teaching of Jesus in his ministry, and rightly so, it is about blessings upon those who are in the kingdom of God through faith in Christ. It's about what a true Christian looks like. So the beatitude gives us a greed on which to measure our progress, how Christians are blessed and being transformed to become more like Jesus. That's what Beatitude is all about. Continuing with this series on Beatitudes, today we focus on Beatitude number 7. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And let us expound on this verse, and may the Lord our God speak to our hearts ever so powerfully, that we will never be the same but be transformed by His word becoming more like him. Amen? For better understanding of this beatitude, again, we need to look at how this beatitude interconnected with previous ones. We need to look at the context. And as we submit ourselves to Christ humbly, acknowledging our poverty of spirit and mourning for our sins, the Holy Spirit creates in us a great desire to become like Jesus. The Holy Spirit creates a hunger and desire for pursuing righteousness in our lives as blessed people of God. And that's Beatitude chapter 1 through 4. And then comes the rest of the Beatitudes describing what the pursuit of righteousness is all about. Being merciful, being pure, and also peacemaking. With this in mind, when we look closely at this passage as whole, we'll discover that the first four Beatitudes actually deals with the heart attitudes that focuses entirely on the principle of, a, of the heart. And the rest of the rest focuses on the outwork, outworking of the first four heart attitudes. Let me give you an example. Let me explain this to you. Those who are poor in spirit recognize their need of mercy 
and later they are led to show mercy to others. Those who mourn and repent for their sinful heart will receive the purity of heart from Jesus Christ. And the people belonging to God with heavenly inheritance are the meek and the peacemaker. So I want you to know that it's really about becoming more like Jesus Christ. And it's interconnected in a way that gives us the big picture of what sanctification is all about. In fact, from the very beginning to the end of the sermon, uh, beginning to the end, the Sermon of Mount cries out this thing. Get yourself new heart and become a new person through Jesus Christ. This can be only possible, we know, by the supernatural divine power of Jesus, not by the natural human power. Jesus actually said in later on in verse 20, I will tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Basically, what he was saying was, it is impossible for man's own merits or man's own power to enter into the kingdom of God or to become more like Jesus Christ. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can actually become more like Him. The beatitude is really about our sanctification, isn't it? The process of becoming like Jesus. And Jesus, as we look into today's text, said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. When Jesus said this, he was not telling us how to become the children of God. That we have to become the peacemaker in order for us to be the children of God. That's, it is not what he is saying. He simply says that the children of God are in fact peacemaker. Let's think about this in depth. How do we become the children of God? If you look at John chapter 1, verse 12, to all who received Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave us the power to become the children of God. Paul actually writes in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, for in Christ we are all sons, slash daughters, uh, of God through faith. Through faith we become the children of God as we believe in Jesus Christ. So when Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God, it is not about how you become a Christian, but it is really about how you grow in maturity as Christian. It's really about what Christian growth and how we are becoming peacemaker, just like Jesus. You see, the children of God through faith have the characters of their heavenly Father who is actually known in the Bible as God of peace. 
If you look at from the Old Testament to the New Testament, this is what you, you will find. God is a peace-loving God and peace-making God. The whole history of the redemption, climaxing in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, is God's strategy to bring about a just and lasting peace between rebellious fallen men and God himself. And then between men and his fellow men as well. And that is what the peace of God is all about. Therefore, the peace that is mentioned here in this verse is not the peace that this world can actually understand. This is not referred to, to mere agreement between two parties and two groups or two people. It is a peace that only Jesus can bring. It is the peace that comes through justification by faith, as stated in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Are we clear? It's really about the peace that God, Jesus, brings to us between God and us. The, it is a peace of reconciliation by the blood of the cross as declared in Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, Having made peace through the blood of the cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. Therefore, because of what Jesus has done for us, as we are being justified, justified by faith, receiving the peace of reconciliation, now we come and approach God in peace, entering into His presence, worshiping, having relationship, being loved. All that is, my brothers and sisters, what Christian life is all about. And that peace that God, Jesus, brings to us through the work of the cross is, in fact, what Jesus is very much talking about here. Ultimately, with that in mind, we must recognize that the peace in this verse is the peace of reconciliation to God. And as, as a result, second, peace of reconciliation, reconciliation to others. And that's what he's talking about. Ultimately, in that understanding, God is the ultimate peacemaker, isn't he? But Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker between us and God. And Jesus said, if you are the children of God, you are also to be peacemaker, just like me. What a powerful word, isn't it? You are also to be peacemaker, just like I am the peacemaker between the humanity and divinity. You are also to be a peacemaker. Now, what does it mean by peacemaker? The Greek word simply indicates a person who makes or works toward peace. That's what peacemaking, peacemaker is all about. Working toward peace trying its best, putting effort toward peace. That's what peacemaker is all about. It is a word containing power and energy. It mandates action and initiative. 
Notice Jesus did not say, bless are the peace wishers, or bless are the peace hopers, or peace dreamers, peace lovers, peace talkers. No, Jesus said, bless are the one, what? Peacemakers, people who are working toward, with, with, with action and initiative, working toward peace. My brothers and sisters, let's be very clear. Peace must be made. Peace never happens by chance, which means the peacemaker is never passive. If there is always take the initiative, they are up and doing something to make peace. We'll explain what that peacemaking is all about later. But that's the idea when we say, bless other peacemaker. What does it mean by the peacemaker? Working to those who are working toward peace. Actively. So when these two words are putting together, peacemaking, peacemaker, it describes one who actively pursues peace. So peacemaker is someone who is actively seeking to reconcile people to God and to one another. That's what peacemaker is. Peacemaker is the one who's actively trying, trying to make people to reconcile with God and also reconcile with one another. That's the idea of peacemaker. We're talking about Jesus, it seems, right? Again, as the believer of Jesus Christ, we are to be like him. That's what peacemaker is in this verse. Depicts. Now, let's go deeper then. What is peacemaking? What does it mean by peacemaking? How can we make peace? How can you work toward peace? Actively, not passively. But how can we do that? Well, before we actually talk about what peacemaking is, let's just think about the misconception of peacemaking. What is the peacemaking, misconception of that? Is peacemaking is not, first of all, the absence of conflict. It's not the absence of conflict. The peace in the Bible is never to be confused with pacifism. Meaning, oh, I don't want any conflict with someone. Just leave me alone as I leave you alone. I want to be in peace. Don't touch me. I will not touch you. Is that peace making? No. That's not the picture of peace in the Bible. It's not pacifism. Now, peacemaking is not the absence of conflict. Also, it's not the avoidance of strife. It's not that. Never are we instructed to run from the conflict, my brothers and sisters. Putting our head in the sand, hoping that the conflict will end, and that's what peacemaking is all about. No. You look at Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Jesus even said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have, to, I, have, I have not come to bring peace but a sword. Sounds very contradicting, but let me explain. For I have come to set a man against a father, daughter against his mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and person's enemy will be those his own household. What does it mean by that? What Jesus is saying is this. Jesus is not here to avoid 
peace. Peacemaking is not avoiding peace, avoiding strife, I mean, avoiding strife by not proclaiming the, the truth and the message of Christ. Meaning, when we actually try to work toward peace, making, reconciling man to God, to one another, it's going to be, in reality, there will be strife. There will be possibly division. So, point is, the peacemaking is not the avoidance of strife. In reality, we will face some hardships in process of peacemaking, even divisions for those who hold the truth, those who do not hold the truth. And that's what Jesus is saying. So let's be clear. Peacemaking is not the avoidance of strife as we proclaim the truth. Peacemaking is not the absence of conflict. It's not that leave us alone. It's not pacifism. It's actually something else. We will actually go even deeper. So please bear with me. Now, as a peacemaker is someone who is actively seeking to reconcile people to God and to one another, there are two ways of peacemaking. There are two ways of peacemaking. First, peacemaker is peace preacher. Peacemaking is a peace preacher. We are to witness and proclaim the peace of God through Jesus Christ. Meaning, by proclaiming the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to other people. That's how we actually reconcile, try working toward to reconcile people to God so that they can, have a, they can experience the peace of Christ in their lives. So how do we work toward the peacemaking? First, by proclaiming the peace as a peace preacher. Romans 10, verse 15, it says, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Notice how the gospel is associated with what? Peace. Right? How beautiful are the feet of them who preach the gospel of peace. Peace between God and man through the redemptive work of reconciliation that comes from the cross. Jesus Christ. So as we preach and share the gospel with other people, we are being God's peacemaker. Even though your non-Christian family members might hate you for it, even though you might experience the divisions within the family, because of you are preaching the peace of Christ, what you are actually doing is you are working toward peace, meaning you are doing peacemaking. Are we clear? Very important thing to remember, especially for those who, who have non-Christian family members. And most of us, we do have family members who do not know Jesus Christ, who are actually even divided from us because of our faith in Jesus. But peacemaking is continuing to preach the gospel, sharing the gospel. That's what peacemaking is all about. So as a peacemaker, we are to preach the gospel. When people experience the trans transforming power of Jesus Christ in their hearts, they experience true peace of God, the peace that transcends 
transcends all human understanding. The people do not know, the world would never know unless they experience it. The peace of God residing in you and the guaranteeing deposit of that peace is Holy Spirit with us. As a matter of fact, the Spirit of God is known as the Spirit of Peace. Thus, it is not the absence, if you think deeply, it's not the absence of strife that makes peace. It is what? The very presence of God brings peace to you. Because ultimately, peacemaking is trying to bring people to reconcile with God. So how do we do peacemaking? First, we do peacemaking as a peace preacher, preaching, proclaiming the peace of God. Amen. Secondly, the peacemaker is a peace practitioner. Peace practitioner. Those who apply and practice the peace of God in their own lives. So how do we do peacemaking? As we practice what we have learned from Christ. and how, what, As we apply into our very lives. As we become the peace practitioners, that's how we make peace or peacemaking. If you and I are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, we also work, work toward reconciliation of others. Matthew chapter, chapter 5, verse 9, points to actually Matthew 5, 43 and 45 later on. It says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I will tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Again, peacemaking, trying to work toward the reconciliation of others. Praying for enemies, right? Then what? You may be the children again of God. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and the send rains on the righteous and unrighteousness. As we are being reconciled through Jesus Christ, we also work toward reconciliation of others. That's what peacemaking is about. As we practice that in our lives. However, in reality, <laughs> such peacemaking is very difficult, isn't it? It's messy. <laughs> it's hard work. As a matter of fact, it's impossible. It takes time, a lot of emotional energy. And let me be honest with all, with us. Sometimes, not sometimes, often, Peacemaking doesn't work. You try to reconcile with other people, does it easily work? First of all, in order for the reconciliation has to be done, the forgiveness has to be done. Hard to forgive, especially for those who wronged you, hurt you in your life. And I'm not even talking about people church outside of the church. I'm talking about even within the church, within the family. Very hard for difficult, even impossible. And peacemaking doesn't work sometimes. But in Paul's letter to Romans, 
He actually writes this, Romans chapter 12, verse 18. He says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, leave it, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, you must be different. We are to live at peace with everyone, if possible. As we practice this, the, the peace of Christ in our lives, that's clear command. But Paul clearly says, if it is possible, meaning sometimes this kind of peacemaking amongst the people, amongst fellow men, isn't possible. But as far as it depends on you, we are to practice peacemaking with other people. Amen? That's what it is. Let me one thing clearly point out. Peacemaking, therefore, is not peace achieving. You try to make peace with people as you share your life, as you try to practice the peace of God in your life, and it doesn't work, the people might not even respond. People even might hate you for it even more. Well, know this, as much as it depends on you, and if it is possible, continue to work toward peacemaking with others. But it's not peace achieving. It's really up to God at the end, ultimately. See, hallmark, hallmark of Christian is the ability to get along with other people. Testimony of the church is its ability to get along with other people, to love people, to, to operate in peace of God, becoming a peace practitioner. And we have God's given spiritually directed responsibility to pursue peace as far as it depends on us, as if it is possible. That's why Apostle Paul actually says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15, God has called you to peace. Not just peace of Christ, peace of Christ outworking in the relationship with other people. Peacemaking is about trying to build bridges to people, trying to connect to people. Meaning, peacemaking does not want the animosity to remain or grudge to, to be held. It does not take revenge, though so many times we want to retaliate, especially against those who hurt us and wrong us. But the peacemaking is, as far as it depends on us, if, as, if, if it is possible, try to forgive and be forgiven and go working toward reconciliation without taking revenge. It leads to trusting God at the end. Peacemaking is about trusting God and His sovereign plan in your life. Isn't it? And I believe that God wants us as a people of God to be bridge builders. But it is very difficult, isn't it? As I said again, it is impossible without God's intervention, without the demonstration of the Holy Spirit working in you, exerting in you, this is not possible. Therefore, what are the specific things that we can do 
to work toward peace with others. How can we do peacemaking more specifically in our daily lives so that we can work toward to reconcile with others? Three things. First thing that we must do is pray. Pray. First pray that God will change our hearts. That God will give us the enablement to forgive as we know that we are forgiven by God. And I'm not pushing you nor forcing you to do so. As a matter of fact, forgiveness can never be forced. But as we pray to God, as we depend on God, as Holy Spirit work within our hearts, imagine He can actually help us to, leads us to forgiveness, leads us to reconciliation, leads us to work toward peace with others. First, our heart needs to be changed. And so I know some of us, we've been hurt a lot by many, many things in our lives in the past. And I cannot tell you to forgive and to, pay, to make peace in your heart. But one thing that I can tell you is that God can change your heart and my heart. Therefore, all I can say to you at this moment, at this juncture, is to pray for your own heart. That your heart will be led by the power of the Holy Spirit toward peacemaking. Amen? And it's a process. As God is healing you, forgiving you, leading you, and helping you, you can start to work toward peacemaking with others. And it is my prayer that we shall see in the future how God can really lead your life to be the agent of peacemaker. Amen? Also, not only we pray for the, to, to change our hearts, we pray to God that He will change other people's heart as well. Even the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, con- later on, Jesus mentioned in 43, what? Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who wronged you. Pray for those who hurt you. Wow. What Jesus is teaching is about peacemaking. When he said, pray for those who persecute you, meaning you are to be a peacemaker. The peacemaking, you need to pour your heart into it, effort into it. How? Pray first. As God, we are praying to God to change our heart, we are also praying for the enemy. Those who hurt you, wronged you, whatever you say, that they will also be changed by the love of God. And that's the most powerful way to actually working toward peacemaking through prayers. Amen? And do not underestimate power of prayer. We all know that. In a way, we are the product of someone's prayer for our lives. Aren't we? Because someone was praying for you. Your parents were praying for you. Your fellow brothers and sisters were praying for you. Your family of Christ was praying for you the things we are the product of the prayer answer prayer answer 
So pray for our own hearts. Pray for the people's heart. And also pray for God's time and opportunity and open door for reconciliation. A lot of times, some of you, some of us, we think when we learn about this peacemaking with others, we think we have to do something about it. So we go and we try to amend the relationship. We try to do something. But that's not the way, right way of doing so. As we pray for our hearts, pray for others, as we pray for the right timing and open door and opportunities, you need to learn to wait. How God will lead you and guide you. Because God will never force you. God will really lead you into the peacemaking with others, especially for those who wronged you, hurt you, or you have ruptured relationship with. We need to understand the God's timing. We need to understand God's opportunity. That's something we need to pray for. Amen. Because I know, I know some of the people, some Christian men, the people, they come to me and seek for counseling, especially in terms of this issue of peacemaking with other people, especially for those who have ruptured relationship with. And a lot of times I see they are trying to do their own thing to amend, to peacemaking in their own time, in their own method, and more mess, more rupture in the relationship happens. We really need to ask God for right timing, right moment, right opportunity. And someday, or I don't know when, ultimately in heaven, if the person is a believer, we will make that final reconciliation. Amen? So first, what's a practical way of peacemaking with other people is to pray. Second is to plan. You got to plan to peacemaking. Meaning, if you look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20, it says, those who plan peace have joy. Since this is the calling of God, we should be intentional about pursuing peacemaking. Plan peace. That's what the Bible says. When we don't, where, where we don't have it as Christians, we should be asking, what's the best way to get that? What can I do? How can I protect it? How can I? You got to start to plan and ask. Plan for action of peacemaking with other people. That needs to be done prayerfully. Amen? Moving on. As you pray, as you plan, also you need to preach or proclaim, I should say. Maybe that's the right word, meaning to share. As you share your life, as you share what your testimony of, of experiencing God's peace in your life, thus you are seeking for the peacemaking with others. That God be done. Very practical way of peacemaking, especially with others. But notice it's impossible with our own power. Notice we lack wisdom. We don't even know how to plan to peacemaking. We don't even know what it means a lot of times. Our emotion is not there. We are, we are so into ourselves, perhaps because we are so hurt in our hearts. Let, as you pray, as you plan, 
wait, waiting for God's timing, God's healing taking place in your heart. There will be a time you can proclaim and preach, share your experience with the peace of Christ as you are working toward peacemaking with others. And I believe it might take some time but as we are trying to become more like Christ, seeking Christ, praying, and, and depending upon Him, it can surely happen in your life. That's the mark of a Christian. As we are walking in God's grace, as we are experiencing God's, the peace of reconciliation, as we are seeking for peacemaking with others, especially those who we have problem with. God will open the door. God will, as God is healing us, He will use us to heal others. God will use you, use us to really reach out for the peacemaking with other people. Amen? I don't know about you. That's what we want to see. That's what it means by being peacemaker. That's what it means by being a Christian the God's people. As Jesus was the ultimate peacemaker who reconciled between us and God, let us be used by Christ as we submit to Him, depend on Him, that we also will become somehow by the power of the Holy Spirit that we will become peacemaker that God desires us to be. Amen? Let's pray. Mm -hmm.